Hey fans, before we get going, just wanted to send out a reminder that you can head to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds, where you can choose to support this podcast, or you can send us voice messages. We certainly appreciate either. So head over to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds. Please show us some love. Now let's get on to the show. the go blue crew hey there everyone welcome back to the go blue crew this is episode 121 i'm tyler fenwick joined by derek divine it's been a while since we've done an episode just because of everything going on in the world and it definitely impacts our personal lives but uh derek how have you been yeah it's been it's like you said i mean a lot going on and working and social media just all the things you see on social media it's been tough personally and just tough as a job so yeah i've been busy and i think when there's no sports usually sports is a an outlet for a lot of people but when there's nothing in general just to have that outlet and then naturally leads to us having less to talk about yeah man i'm i'm always happy to to be on the show though because i feel like it gives me something you know fun to do Derek is in uh, higher ed social media, by the way. <laughs> so yeah. my imagination of what you do at your job is just uh, take complaints from students all day. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably pretty angry, I understand. And and I'm a journalist, by the way. So these protests especially have been eating up a lot of my time. So just between the two of us and like, like education has been so heavily impacted by the coronavirus and then my work has been uh, covering protests. Like it's just been, it's been nuts. So I a hundred percent agree. This is a great thing to just kind of look forward to and have fun with. Um, since it's been a while, you know, I'm wondering if as your feelings of a uh, possibility of a college football season changed. Yeah, I think, I mean, we talked not too long ago about some comments that Jim Harbaugh had made about, you know, basically winning a national or being close to winning a national title. Um, but yeah, I think the last time we talked about the the season, um, yeah, I'd say they've changed. I think being in Michigan, one of the, what, maybe three states are right now that seems to maybe be in a better position to contain the coronavirus. It's I think the that Midwest. helps. Yeah, That's I what's think, going on. I think that helps with like the real, realistic idea of like, you know, players returning and kind of some kind of practice or this new July practice model they're looking at. Um, there's a lot of things that have changed and hopefully for the better uh, in the Midwest where, where we are. And, and then obviously we hope that everything, everyone recovers elsewhere too. But I do think that we'll see some sort of season in the fall or something. I think that spring idea was interesting to me a few months back or whenever that was promoted. But yeah, I think that more than ever, I feel like it, can happen and then i'm just honestly ignoring the fan side like i'm not gonna have those answers and no one has those answers so i think i'm just looking to see if there's gonna be a product on the field no matter if there's two people there or two hundred thousand. well ward manual said today uh two athletes have tested positive i don't think he made it uh clear if that was football or just athletes in general i only saw athletes so if he was specific, I didn't see that. And then he also said, uh, you know, 
if there is a college football season, there definitely won't be 110,000 people at the big house, which I feel like we knew by now. Yeah. But uh, it is just every time it comes from like a university president or athletic director, you know, somebody in that high up of a position, it, it's just a little sobering each time to hear that because it's a stark reminder of like where we are and how fortunate we would even be if there was a football season. And, you know, like I said, if there were two people in the stadium, like we would just feel so fortunate, I think still in that situation, no matter how uh, different it appears. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, you know, speak to where people should fall in line with taking these things seriously, but I think for a lot of people, Michigan football stadium being empty, but a game playing will be like one of the bigger realizations of how serious all this stuff is. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just like something you've, you've never thought of. Like I, I've never considered like watching a Michigan game where there were no fans. Like that's the wildest thing for even me. So, yeah. So, so we're, we're going to get uh, to Chris Evans in a minute, but the last thing I want to bring up, I don't remember if I brought this up uh, in a, previous show or if it was just when we were talking but uh i think there is a possibility that college football season happens and there just aren't some teams because those schools haven't come back yet i think that's a possibility probably not you know in the sec or the big 10 like not not the the bigger conferences but i think as you start going down the ladder there are going to be schools that aren't back in session like normal and that'll be a prerequisite to fielding a football team and and so you may have like incomplete schedules incomplete conferences uh you, you might even have a situation i know this is looking really far down the road but you might have a situation where we have more bowl games than teams who get to the six win mark now obviously they can they can slot in five and four win teams but you know, it, it could it could be a situation where just like there are a lot fewer teams playing than normal because uh, every every school every conference kind of has its own path forward, and and some are are going to be able to go and and some probably aren't. So I'm preparing for that reality too. Yeah, and then just one thing to add: it's a huge thing, but I'll keep it short. Is the possibility of potentially no championship play like the NCAA tournament getting canceled. So you're able to award a big 10 championship regular season. And uh, that's kind of maybe what you go off of, but I mean, with depending on how things shape up, I mean, those are huge events that draw a lot of money from viewership and obviously fans mm-hmm. in attendance. And so maybe, maybe the SEC can uh, claim a, a champion, but maybe the big 10 doesn't have a championship game and you just have to go off regular season. So I think it's just, yeah, like you said, it's going to be all over the board. Um, and it's going to be crazy to find out what actually takes place this fall, if anything. Right, right. Okay, so Chris Evans, uh, suspended last season, decides to come back, plays final year at Michigan. Um, I don't know about you, but I thought there was a decent possibility that he would end up transferring. So him coming back gives Michigan a, a bona fide weapon, a bona fide versatile weapon which is important because as we were talking about before we started, uh, Michigan's running back room is, is looking pretty solid. Top two uh, carriers from last season are returning Zach Charbonnet, Hassan Haskins, uh, Christian Turner. You could throw in there. He got 44 carries last year. And, and you might be tempted to say, well, you know, Chris Evans can probably work out of the slot 
a lot too, you know, as a receiver or something he proved he could do uh, his first couple seasons. And, and, you know, that sounds good. And I think we'll probably see that, but, but it's not like Michigan is lacking for wide receiver talent either, especially with like speedy guys like that. So where does Chris Evans fit into this offense? Well, I think the good thing is because he's versatile, he, he can fit into both of those slots, running back and wide receiver. Um, but yeah, with how crowded it is, I mean, I don't think you see him with a solidified starting job. I don't think many people would expect him to be a solidified starter after the year off. Um, he was likely going to be the starter to start on the 2019 season uh, before missing the year. Um, but he's always been a fascinating story to me because – when this all happened and he was ruled ineligible, whenever that was, I remember seeing stuff in August for sure. It might have even been earlier than that. Um, it was like one of those things where, like you said, like you almost expect a guy to hop right in the transfer portal right away, especially with today's times. And I remember seeing some posts about, I think he, I don't know, like apologized or whatever to teammates or saying he's going to work on himself or work these issues out and he wants to come back. And I remember seeing some workouts on social and stuff. And then every once in a while, every two to three months, I'd see like him doing some crazy workout and looks like he's in great shape and thought, wow, like he still hasn't transferred or he still hasn't like shifted course. And here we are with him still planning to to return and ready to potentially make a huge impact. And so I think he still naturally fits with the running backs a little better. Because I think that Josh Gaddis is really taking that wide receiver position and putting exactly who he wants. So even though he he would have worked as that receiving back in a couple of years ago when he was playing in his first year where he kind of had a few breakout games, I think that guys like Giles Jackson, Mike Sanders still, I think those guys are exactly what Josh Gaddis wants. I think that Chris Evans is a great addition uh, for some outside game and some speed and space, but I do think that Chris Evans at times, uh, especially sophomore season, has shown that he can be a very capable running back. And I think that that's where he's going to see the best fit still and probably the most production, uh, even if it's receiving the ball out of the running back position. Right. I don't know how Josh Gaddis would feel about this, but I can kind of imagine uh, a two running back look uh, where, you know, maybe you have Zach Charbonnet on, on one side and, and Chris Evans on the other and and Chris Evans is not lined up in the slot. He's not out wide like he's he's lined up in the backfield there with uh, the quarterback, whether that's Dylan McCaffrey or Joe Milton. And and he can obviously do you know any number of things from from that spot. But it it just seems like one of those things where you have to find a way to get him on the field, and and you have to do it so that you're not uh, cutting significantly into production that you know would come anyway. From from your running backs who are already there, or guys you mentioned, uh, you know, Giles Jackson, for example, who uh, showed glimpses of being able to do really good things as a speedy wide receiver. You don't want to cut into other areas of production. I don't envy the the decisions that are going to have to be made, especially by Josh Gaddis. But as we as we say all the time, I mean, this is one of those great problems to have to have kind of too much talent to uh throw in there all at once he's i mean he's gonna have to get creative which uh, sort of fits into the, the the thing that we've been talking about with michigan's offense in general for a while i mean it just has to get more creative and we saw some of that last season but 
they're going to have to figure out a way to, to make this work. I, I, I think if, if he's not in there enough and, and when he is, he's, he's doing you know good things, fans are going to become really upset. Yeah, I think where I'm at, and I have two things here. I think where you saw Giles Jackson line up in the backfield, especially against Alabama in the bowl game, I think that's a perfect example of where you could see Chris Evans taking over. Now, if Giles can line up back there and, and be really dominant from the running back position, again, a position or a slot, a slot where you can still do anything dynamic um, from receiving to running, I think that you put Giles there, like if he's the best fit for it. Like don't you don't have to implement Chris Evans just because he has potential if there's clearly a better option, but that's probably where I see him as the best fit because for a while it was a little surprising to see uh, Jackson back there, but a lot of times he'd split out, and so there's just a different look, and I think we're going to see a lot more creativity, like you mentioned, and a lot of different looks that we maybe not have seen in, in years since Denar Robinson was the quarterback. But for me... I think that the other piece that's huge is Chris Evans has been doing kind of like this virtual workout thing for over a year now. And some of these other guys are a little bit newer to, I mean, like a Giles Jackson, not to say that guys wouldn't put in work, but they're a little bit newer to in terms of experience and staying in shape out of the off season. Like, I feel like a guy like Chris Evans, who's been putting in the work this whole time from afar, like he's got to be so ready to one, be able to be back in all that, those facilities. I know he's able to join the team a little bit, but like, I feel like that almost gives you an advantage of like, Hey, I've sat out a year and done all of this stuff on my own with the help of some of the connections I have to stay in shape and stay fit. And I think he's probably going to be the most ready to go. And that's kind of where my last thought is, is it comes down to who's the most ready. I mean, sometimes work can beat talent. And I think that there's so much talent compared to what we've seen on the offense in recent years. But, I mean, Chris Evans putting the work in from afar for as long as he has. I mean, he could be coming in as the best running back from from game number one, whatever game that might look like, just because of the kind of condition he's in. So we've been talking about him splitting time between running back and receiver, however that looks. Do you think there's even a remote possibility that he works exclusively at one position or the other? I don't think so because I would like to think anytime you got a guy with speed, whether it's a Giles Jackson or, or Chris Evans, um, where you could line them up either place. I think that there's probably likely a running back group and a receivers group, but I bet there's a lot of, a lot more hybrid stuff now too because they all have to be able to fill those roles. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, even before Josh Gaddis, has had tight ends line up at the fullback position, even run, uh, line up at the running back position. So you've guys have to be versatile where they line up, and so – my guess is he shared either between the two rooms or kind of falls into that group of guys that are just too talented to keep off the field and we can essentially put them anywhere, including Wildcat. I would be surprised if he was working exclusively with one group or the other, basically because of what we've been talking about this whole time, how versatile he is, how much he can do. It would seem like a a little bit of a waste if he was only lining up in the slot or if he was only in the backfield as a running back. It just it wouldn't feel like a full use of his talent. And when you're talking about a guy like Chris Evans, who has proven he can do those things, it's not like we're just looking at him and saying, oh, he's a really good athlete. Like He's proven he can do both of those things. That would be a, a pretty serious waste. So the last thing we, I want to get out here, he, Chris Evans, seems like he potentially has the, the kind of talent NFL teams would want. 
but he probably needs to have a pretty productive final season at Michigan in order to, to make that pitch. Do you think there's enough playing time there for him to do that? You know, that's where I was just thinking too, because I was thinking of you almost need Chris Evans to play multiple positions because a guy like Zach Charbonnet is not going to be able to line up at receiver. A guy like Hassan Haskins has had opportunities on both sides of the ball, at least in practices, but kind of turned into a running back that became reliable. But if Chris Evans has kind of a another breakout year or breakout return, you could say, then yeah, I think one, he's on NFL radars. And I think two, he might be pushing guys down the depth chart that aren't as versatile. And as a program, you want the best person in every position. And so if it ends up being that he's just a dominant running back, that can also uh, catch the ball like a Christian McCaffrey, which is a, would be an extreme example, obviously, like then you still go with him as your running back. But I do think because he's such a versatile fit in both sides and he's going to be in both rooms, I think, yeah, I think that makes him even more of, of, of someone that scouts are going to look at because that's kind of where the NFL is going. Uh, receiving backs are huge. And if he gets even a third of the playing time at running back, I think he, is either going to have enough to elevate himself to get more time or be able to do both catching and running the ball that they're going to be able to see, you know, him as a player and potential rather than the fact that it's college and people share time at running back probably more than any position. Okay. You actually brought up one more good point that I want to get at. We're talking about this, just like assuming that Chris Evans is not the best running back uh, by a wide enough margin that you would call him a, like a sure starter. I think for good reason, because Zach Charbonnet and Hassan Haskins had, had really good seasons. Um, but, but do you think we're, we're selling Chris Evans short? Like, is he possibly just a regular running back starter? Yeah, I, I think absolutely. Uh, we and others are probably selling him short. And I think that he, I mean, he's a guy who's actually liked an episode of this podcast. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, back on back on. Uh, I think either his first year or his sophomore season. Well, he, you never told me about that. Oh, I had to have. Oh, I'm positive you did. It could have been. It could have been an episode of the old Divine Intervention. Maybe you. Maybe it wasn't your content. I don't know. Oh, be... I tried to give you credit there. I, I think it was you. Um, I'm sure it was. <laughs> whatever it was, uh, Wolverine sounds. He uh, he didn't say anything, but he had liked something. I think it was a podcast or article about him. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that, not that he, again, he would be listening to this, but I think hearing these kinds of takes, he would say, you know what, like, I am the best running back in the room just because I've had a year off. I still have incredible stats. I still have um, some really great highlights, uh, tapes that I can put together because, like, I was an efficient running back. And so I think it is selling him short to think that he couldn't be a sure starter. And I think there's a possibility, especially with how I believe he's going to come in ready to play. but. Yeah, I mean, you got to go with the best guy. And I think the good problem, like you said, kind of weird to see, like to have this many options is it's a blessing, man. It's good, to, it's good to look at a team and be like, wow, like they really don't seem to be able to go wrong, at least on paper. Right, right. Okay, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. That's a good place to drop it. Uh, this is your official reminder that the show is is periodically coming, I guess would be the best way to put it because – I, we can't even say we're doing it like every other week or something like that because of everything we talked about in the first few minutes. In the meantime, though, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Ty underscore Fenwick and Derek is at Divine Identity. Uh, until next time, take care, stay safe, go blue. Go blue.